The Cleveland Browns are trying to go the Antonio Gates route, signing a former forward from the Texas Tech basketball team. We go through Perion Winfrey, Cade York, Jerome Ford, in all the day three picks with Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. Stick around on the latest Locked on Browns. You are Locked on Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Lockdown Browns podcast brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. I have taken a nice dose of my low-grade beaver tranquilizer, so I'm ready to rock. Um, uh, make sure you follow me. Again, Jeff, uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself. Locked on Browns. Follow my account. DMs are open. Appreciate everybody who makes Locked on Browns their first listen every single day, whatever podcast platform you use. Um, and for everybody that's been new to Locked on Browns here over the past week or so through Draft Weekend, appreciate you all. Stick around. Like I said, here daily, um, tons of content still coming. We're going to sit down. Pete Smith's in the house here. We're going to get to a couple of more of you know, the draft, uh, Browns draft choices from the 2020 class. Um, an interesting one here, and I'm sure we're going to get a lovely little rant from the high school football coach that lives within Pete Smith. Browns have signed, and I, I guess it's – I don't know how you can call him a tight end if he doesn't have any football experience. Browns have signed Marcus Santos Silva, basketball player from Texas Tech University, to attempt or try to play tight end for them. Um, Pete, you look at the guy, first thing you think is is the guy's pretty well built. He's pretty filled out. Um, you know, and it's not to, you know, distinguish or, you know, discourage what he did. I mean, the guy scored over 1,200 career points in Division I NCAA basketball. That is impressive. Um, but Pete, here is a guy now that will, you know, try to cling on and maybe go the long road of an Antonio Gates of making an NFL roster as a tight end. Right. <clears throat> He's very big. He's a forward. So we'll see what that translates into. Um, but it's just irritating. Here it is, kids. The butt. The butt. Here it is. It's irritating to read that he stopped playing, uh, you know, he, he, focused on basketball in high school uh, because now he's going back to football. You know, he's a kid that big. Who knows what he looked like when he was a freshman in high school, but still, um, you know, it's one of those things where, where there's just too many kids who should be playing f- football that aren't. Uh, and, and a lot of it uh, kids benefit at least uh, for, for places like ours, most of the kids who are, uh, basketball players who play football end up starting because they're just so much more accustomed to the contact uh, and being stronger and they're more confident with it. But it's just one of those things where it's uh, maybe he was lifting all the time, but a lot of those kids who are basketball only don't do much lifting. So it's just another way for them to get stronger and whatever. But I mean, the bottom line is there's five guys on a basketball court and there's 11 on a football field. Uh, there's just more opportunities in that. So that part of it is just, it's irritating to hear that, that you're saying this guy has to be signed to an NFL contract and for so, someone, 
or you know maybe he decided on his own whatever uh convinced him that uh he should be only focused on basketball and and now he's he's going to try to play professional football yeah i mean look it's the longest of long shots um <laughs> there's no question about it um the amount of missed reps the missed time the footwork you know and blocking at the tight end position i mean look wish the kid well um but this is, and obviously from Pete and, and for me, look, um, your kids, you only get to live once. Play everything. Have some fun. Trust me, if you are good enough, someone's going to find you. You will get your opportunity. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy the living hell out of it. Um, so the Browns obviously going to go this route here with, again, Marcos Santos, Santos Silva. Uh, he'll be transitioning from a basketball career, pretty accomplished basketball career at Texas Tech, to now attempting to try and play tight end in the NFL with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we sat yesterday with Pete. We did first three picks of the 2022 Browns draft class. We are going to go here, uh, picking up. This will be the picks, uh, three picks from day three. Um, so Pete, right off, day three started. Um, and for me, I thought day three started really, really promising for the Browns. This player, and I think once we've all gotten to the notion of realizing that, you know, the Browns have no interest in chasing this anchor defensive tackle that we all think they want in a 330-pound guy. It's just something that doesn't appear they really have much interest in doing in any way whatsoever in Cleveland. Uh, uh, we had talks about him. Um, you know, I thought the senior ball practices showed a lot, the quickness, the agility, the um, you know, the old phrase, Pete, maybe from uh, Josh Norris back in the day, that you know, maybe it's not always production. Maybe sometimes corruption is production. You think about that with the ability that a guy like Perry and Winfrey has to get in the backfield as quickly as he does. Five and a half sacks on the interior. And Pete, one of the things for us is an engaging personality. These are the types of guys that they're fun. And, you know, for Perry on Winfrey, we're going to hope that this is going to be the type of guy Perry on Winfrey is 24-7 because the Browns are pretty much without Baker Mayfield anymore. They're, they're, they're going to be a soft-spoken group. They're going to do the interviews. They're going to say what needs to be said. They're going to, you know, say what, you know, that most of the time what the media wants to hear. But Pete, there's a chance with Perry on Winfrey that, if the mics are on, you know, he's going to be ready to go. Yeah, whatever happens with his football career, I think um, he's probably got a standing offer from any number of professional wrestling uh, outfits because he's very natural in terms of uh, how he talks and the way he talks. And it, it sounds like he's cutting a wrestling promo. Uh, <laughs> so, like, uh, you know, if he gets good, you could see him just start, like, you know, making promos like Razor Ramon or something before games just to, just to, uh, Oozing just with to, just, yeah, just having fun, just having fun with it. But, uh, look, he, I, I, I never saw him in his, his second round pick, uh, which is where most people are, uh, had projected him because he is half of a player. Um, he doesn't play the run at all. Um, and I know he blames some of that on, on where he was played, and maybe that changes. But now, being picked in the fourth round, he doesn't have to play the run. He can just focus on being a pass rusher. And uh, you're not, you know, it, it changes your expectations with him. Now he, he can focus on being a guy who comes in on sub packages, as hopefully will be the case with Taven Bryant. And you just let these two guys be athletic and, and get upfield and, and make plays. But uh, one of the, the, you know, his stat line this past year, he had 11 solo tackles. He had 11 tackles for loss. If he wasn't making a play in the backfield, he wasn't making a play, which is 
great if he's not expecting to make a play uh, past line of scrimmage, but uh, he's got, you know, work to do on that element. And and if he never gets there as a run defender, as I suspect he will not, um, he can be a really successful player just because he can get after the quarterback. And the Browns have, have put so much of an emphasis on the sub package uh, element, uh, which is why they want these big hulking doorstops uh, for rundowns. And they still need to figure that part out, but um, is why it's not a huge priority for them to spend resources on it. It's just something that needs to happen. So um, it's conceivably possible that you could see him tried out as a base end as well, but just given the amount of players they've added, that seems unlikely. Um, I would question his hips out there in that respect, but he's got those 35 and a quarter inch arms, which are, uh, and, and obviously a, a quick first step. But uh, yeah, I mean, like this is a guy, you, you know, because of the way the Browns run their defense, you can select a pass rushing defensive tackle who has no responsibility against the run and be really happy with it. Um, the fact that they got it here, the fact that they were able to trade down from 44 to get him and uh, the kicker and Emerson is pretty good when, you know, I, I don't think people would have necessarily been happy with Winfrey at, at 44, but I think it had that happened. People would have been like, okay, I get it. Um, so I, I think that it's, that's a, that's potentially a very big win for the Browns. I, I love the selection. I gotta be honest. I think the selection of Perry on Winfrey here. Um, beginning what was the fourth round for the Cleveland Browns. For me, this might be the one I'm most excited about. Um, you're always going to get excited about guys that you thought would, you know, be somebody that you would like your team to draft. Um, the personality, it's engaging. I have had several exchanges thus far with Perry on Winfrey. Um, it doesn't look like it's an act. It looks like it's truly genuine. It doesn't look like Perry on Winfrey really has an off switch. Um, and you see that at times on the football field, you know, in the backfield, you know, just busting on through and certainly see it in the type of personality, uh, way he speaks, has a lot of fun with it. Um, but look, you know, for a defensive tackle room and, you know, we're going in on year three here now with the Browns of, and the questions are, you know, are they ever going to get this room right? Are they ever going to have this room constructed correctly? Look, I, I guess that part of it is what it is. This team obviously values secondary play more. Um, certainly very deep at corner, deep at safety, maybe not deep enough, um, working on rebuilding their edge room. Um, so it, it's not going to be, you know, a D tackle room that we all truly value as far as, you know, the, the players that are within that room. Give me some electricity. Give me some excitement. Um, and as far as his pass rushing ability, you look at who the Browns' two defensive tackles starters were last year, Malik Jackson. Malik McDowell, Malik, Malik Jackson, his NFL career has been known as a pass rusher from the inside. Malik McDowell, the best Malik McDowell looked at times last year for the Browns, was as a pass rusher. So obviously something they liked about those two players, but uh, needed to find someone to come in and give them that element. And they were able to do that with the selection of Perry on Winfrey 108 overall. And uh, in the fourth round, uh, pick 108 overall again, Perry on Winfrey. We're going to get back here. We're going to talk a little bit uh, you know, about kicker selection, uh, running back selection in Jerome Ford, all that coming here on your latest Lockdown Browns. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith is in the house. Gentlemen, whether you're a husband, whether you're a son, Mother's Day is coming. People focus on everyday fine jewelry, cocktail rings, tennis bracelets, 
gold layering jewelry. Jewelry is typically given as a gift, specifically focused on Mother's Day, gifting wife, girlfriend, mother, mother-in-law, grandmother. There are two parts to this business. Wedding jewelry, everyday fine jewelry, diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstone necklaces, etc. Please understand whether the, she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance. BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Well, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring. Classic diamond stud earrings, tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more on BlueNile.com. Celebrating the special woman in your life on BlueNile.com. You can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This Mother's Day, give mom something. She'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Again, the promo code LOCKDOWN. You plus every order is insured and it ships free and it arrives in a discreet packaging. So if it is for your wife, she's not going to know who it is. Or if it is for mom, you can hide it away. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All the signs were there after you know day two, the three selections were made, and the fact that the Browns had moved back in this draft. Um, I still think both of us feel that they we were a little surprised that they ended up making the total of the nine selections that they had to close out day three. Um, but the writing on the wall was there, obviously, that you know it would be of interest of the Browns to draft a kicker. This was going to be somebody that would probably have an easy road to navigate to make the roster. The releasing today of Blewett, the releasing today of Shane McLaughlin, obviously shows those signs. Um, but a few picks after Perrion Winfrey, the Browns go ahead Cade York, LSU, big leg, 15 career field goals over 50 yards, career long of 57, kicked for a national championship season for the LSU Tigers. So, you know, at that time, at that season, there had to be some kicks that obviously counted. Um, here's the thing. Everybody's got to relax and understand it may take a little while. It's always the most unforgiving position there is in the NFL. But Pete, Cade York into the fold, big leg, uh, young, um, getting a big opportunity here on a team that has obviously, you know, some real, real promise as far as 2022 is concerned. Yeah. Uh, fourth round is where I thought the Browns were going to make a move, uh, which it says uh, several things. One, this draft class was not good. And I tried to tell people that or they didn't, or they didn't deem it was good, but yes, go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, a number of teams ran up and, and took specialists starting in the fourth round. Um, if this was the previous year's draft, I don't think that this would have happened in this round. Um, doesn't mean they wouldn't have taken him, but it just you know may have been where McPherson went in the fifth round or or something like that. It it, it becomes about this draft class not being good. Which, by the way, signing a power forward from Texas Tech is also not an endorsement of what we just saw over the past weekend. Um, the other part of this is money, and I, and I think people don't get this part of it enough. 
coming into the offseason, one of the things that like I, I know a lot of media were pushing was the idea of go out there and sign the best kicker possible, which, you know, if it was the kid from Atlanta, uh, then cool. that would have cost the Browns a lot of money, you know, relative to a kicker. Let's say it's $4 million. The Browns are penny pinching. They are looking for every way to save money because they've obviously got Deshaun Watson's contract. Consider they just signed Denzel Ward. They've got Miles Garrett. These just massive contracts. Amari Cooper's deal is not cheap. Um, so, you know, and I'll look up the numbers of this when I write about it, but look, you know, look at what a rookie fourth round deal is going to cost them. And all of this is predicated on the, the idea that he is good at, at doing his job in the NFL. You know, if it doesn't work, then it's a disaster. But if it does, you get a, uh, a, a very cheap, very talented player uh, that when you, you know, and I'm, you know, like Brent Sobleski will make the argument, don't draft kickers. And I, for the most part, I a hundred percent agree with him where I think this sort of goes to that makes sense for the Browns is just looking at the roster and, and where they can add talent. In addition to considering what the draft class did and did not have uh, it's also about one, He's going to make the team. I mean, they just cut the other dudes without a second get without a second thought. Um, yep. So if he's good, if he's everything they hope he can be, he may be worth two wins this season, which is obviously a substantial amount. So you know, I don't. You know, I'm sure there's charts somewhere on this, but like kicker war, I suspect the Browns have charts on this and and what it can do for their team. I, I, we go back to 2021 and the, you know, looking at everything that went wrong with that offense. If the Browns were good at special teams, they would have probably still been in the postseason. And that's not just about the kicker and the punter who were both terrible. There were a number, you know, there are a number of areas that were just bad on special teams. So it all sort of added up to this uh, bottom three rated unit. Uh, so, like I, I, I get where people are sort of like, eh, do you really want to take a kicker or, or did they reach for a kicker? I'm a hundred percent. I understand all of it, but just in terms of talent available in terms of what the Browns actually need, that's going to make the team. Cause I suspect one of these, yep. one, if not two of these guys they drafted will not make the team. Uh, and then the fact that they could actually get wins out of this, like, um, out of all the guys they picked, at least right this second, uh, because of the, the, the way they've done things, Cade York is the guy who's going to have the biggest impact of this class on 2022. So there's a lot of things that make true, true. this make sense. And, and that doesn't mean that ultimately, like Perrion Winfrey could be a terrific player mm -hmm. or that Martin Emerson could be a terrific player or that, uh, you know, Alex Wright can, can sort of figure it out and become a, a full service defensive end. But right this year, and potentially, you know, over the course of these first few years, nobody's going to have a bigger impact on the Cleveland Browns because they are a good football team in terms of their roster, anyway, uh, than Cade York. We just spent about almost five minutes talking kicker play at Locked On Browns, which is probably an well, all-time record. Usually, I, anytime out, I didn't say a plays. goddamn thing about him actually kicking the ball. Because I don't know anything about him <laughs> picking the ball, but in terms of just the argument uh, of of why I I think this makes sense, I, I can make that case. 
look, as and you know, look for the Browns. I mean, you can literally just look down the state, and you want to know what you know. As great as Jamar Chase was as a rookie, uh, that Browns, that Bengals playoff run, what was spoken about? The defense, Joe Burrow, and Evan McPherson literally having ice in his veins. So you know, look, if it, it and I do agree with you, um, you know, whether you know, look, and, and this is the thing with kicker, look. He could be out of here before Halloween because any kicker on any team, that's how quickly it goes. It can go south, well, obviously. I mean, uh, but for Kate York, he's they took that, that Aguayo kid from Florida State. Uh, you know, wasn't he a second round pick? And he was gone in like a year. I don't even know if he made the year exactly. But I mean, look, and the other thing is, is look, you know, the Browns front office, you know, having interest in Kate York, you know. Get Grand Jumping on the phone. Get Jacob Phillips on the phone. What kind of guy is he? You know, what, you know, what, you know, what's your take? You know, is this, you know, is the guy ready to go? What do you think? You know, as far as, you know, you know, you, is there some football player in him? Is he going to be ready to go? You know, are, are the bright lights going to get too big? And look, he was a kicker during the national championship in 2019. Uh, for me, that holds something. There had to be some big kicks, obviously, you know, in, in that year for LSU, I got to be honest, I don't remember you know, whether or not, you know, the, how many kicks he made that were critical to that team being 14-0. and It was an extremely, extremely talented football team. But obviously, he's been in big games. He's been in big areas. So, Brown selection of Cade York. Jerome Ford. Pete, we fancied about this. And we kind of, you know, hinted at it without, you know, and basically even pointed it out. You know, the Browns running back room, and especially now that, you know, over, you know, the past few days, we've said, we've heard that, then basically say they think that's where Demetrius Felton's going to be this year. You now have a room that is heavy in the amount of guys within that room and could be very expensive with Nick Chubb now beginning his new contract. Well-deserved, not a knock on Nick by any means whatsoever. But now you have Kareem Hunt second in that running back room uh, on the books uh, for this year of $6.5 million. Dearness Johnson, $2 million and change, If however this works out. Then you have Felton. Then you have the rookie Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati, 5'10", uh, 4'4", speed. Um, you know, before Cincinnati, he was at Alabama. So, obviously, there is talent within that body that is Jerome Ford's. Something's got to give, Pete. Something literally has to give here because, A, number one, there's no way you keep five running backs, you know, on a roster in the NFL – and you may have, you know, this may be, there, maybe two might not end up here come September. And I do believe about two weeks ago, if not a month ago, you hinted at one of them, his time here could maybe be done. Well, let's start with Demetric Felton. I, I fully believe that Demetric Felton and Jakeem Grant are competing for one roster spot. Uh, however that shakes and out. And they just signed Jakeem Grant. Yeah, so Jakeem Grant, who's the same size. I mean, they're the same damn, you know, they're, they're the same damn size. I mean, obviously, Demetrius Felton's a little heavier, um, but nevertheless, they're the same size. So if you're going to keep one, he's probably doing all those duties. So, you know, I, that's not to say that uh, Felton can't win that job or Jakeem Grant can't get hurt, but I think those guys are competing for one job, and Demetrius Felton may end up on the Browns practice squad if that's the case. Uh, as for Dearness Johnson, uh, I suspect the Browns are going to drop his tender at this point um, for a few reasons. One, they could then re-sign him basically 
on a deal that doesn't have guaranteed money. He could then compete with Jerome Ford uh, and, and see where that goes, or he could sign somewhere else. And the reason the Browns would benefit from signing somewhere else now in May is because that would still go towards the comp uh, compensatory pick formula where if it goes till June, he would not. Anything Anyone signed after June 1st is no longer part of the compensatory formula. So that's another part. Uh, as for Jerome Ford, there is some Kareem Hunt in him. I just don't know if it's enough. He has an NFL body. He has an NFL athletic skill set. He's very powerful. He can catch the ball pretty well. His vision, his instincts, some of the other things. I suspect a coach said something along the lines of, I can get more out of him than has been gotten out of him to this point. Um, Will that happen? Difficult to say. I think his game is okay, just relatively uninspiring. I think, you know, if you're looking at what to sort of expect from him, again, he can contribute catching passes, which absolutely seems to be a prerequisite for the Browns. But as a runner, he just seems like meat and potatoes. He was a better gap runner than a zone runner, which is what Kareem Hunt is. Um, he doesn't waste much time getting in and out of his breaks mm-hmm. or attacking the hole. Uh, so I, I think that Stump Mitchell is going to try to take this kid and make him, you know, basically look at, watch the Kareem Hunt tape, watch Kareem Hunt as he will now be his teammate and say, do this, be more like this guy in terms of how, just how he plays and brings that ferocity. Because you watch him, Ford is a big, strong kid. He is not little, uh, you know, because it, it, that seemed to be another thing for them. They wanted somebody with a little heft because personally, if, if you're asking me who would I, I have chosen between him and Tyler Beatty, I would have picked Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty from Missouri ended up with the Ravens. Irritating. Uh, but of course he did. He, he was short. <laughs> He's short, not small, but. Uh, you know, I, I think that that hurt him with the Browns, and and uh, Beatty went after Ford did. Um, I like the selection. Uh, I do like the selection of Ford. Um, and I, you know, I was not stunned by it whatsoever. Um, I think the writing is kind of on the wall there as a running back room. It's going to be you know Nick Chubb, and there's going to be some new parts after Nick Chubb. Jerome Jerome Ford seems like a player that's going to probably be maybe the future at the position in the running back room with Nick Chubb. Um, and probably next year, um, there's going to be yet another one added to that room going further. Um, look, this also, these things kind of have to happen when you identify that Nick Chubb is the player that he is. You pay Nick Chubb like the player he is. And you ideally say to the point of, you know, we want to make sure Nick's getting as many carries as Nick can possibly handle. And we have other guys that are ready to go when Nick does need to come off the field. Uh, Jerome Ford, your selection in uh, the that was fifth round. Obviously, that was a that was a move down from the uh, trade that they had. You know, the four picks in the three picks in the fourth round had traded down, added a pick for the future, added Jerome Ford here. We're going to get back. We'll get Pete Stoss here on the day three hall of Mister Woods, Mister Thomas, and of course the very tall center out of texas tech it seems weird to clarify a center as tall and again actually he's about the same height as the basketball player they just brought in from texas tech so we'll get to all that more on your latest locked on browns 
Summer is coming, everybody. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. You need something with some energy, something that, you know, it's quick. Fill you up. That's where Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on your family vacations. Throw them in your bags. Throw them in the kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they are healthy and they are delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it is easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. That means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Have you tried the uh, the Built Puffs yet? If you haven't, you should because we're all going crazy for them. Delicious. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even a churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories, so sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mix box. The mix box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Built Bar, make sure that there is something for everyone. My favorite flavor, I still like the mint chocolate. Kind of gives you that Girl Scout cookie taste. Very, very good. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that with a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to Built.com and get all your favorites, banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, Pete, you had mentioned here, um, and this is something that's got to drive you analytically a little crazy. You hate to use a draft pick here. And, you know, this young man is going to start his tenure with you in May. And there's a possibility we're going to get to late August. And your roster's too deep. And, you know, I, I hate to say wasted draft pick. Um, you know, the Browns did take these players. Michael Woods out of Oklahoma. Isaiah Thomas out of Oklahoma as well. Michael Woods, wide receiver. You know, uh, had a two-year stint in Arkansas. Then on Oklahoma, all of his production was similar. Had more touchdowns in his time uh, with the Razorbacks than he did with the Sooners. Isaiah Thomas, we think there's a role there. We think we know what Isaiah Thomas can do right now. And then they go interior with the selection of Dawson Deaton, uh, played center with second team All Big 12 at Texas Tech this past fall. Six, six foot six, which is a little tall for a center, 308 pounds. Um, you know, maybe he's going to get an opportunity to rotate on the interior, see if there's something maybe Bill Callahan can find in this kid where maybe he could be somebody he could stash if he shows well over the spring and over the summer. But your picks here on day three, and this is kind of what we talked about where it was kind of odd that the Browns made nine selections because this roster is deep. But with that, Pete, you know, you want to be able to bring guys in here. Um, You want to maybe let other guys know, you know, you're towards the back end of the roster. Nothing is given to you. Nothing is handed to you. Everything is always earned. Uh, So Michael Woods was interesting. He wasn't a guy I had, had considered at all. Um, but the Browns have done this before. Um, the Browns did this when they drafted D- Damian Ratley, who I believe was selected in the sixth round uh, and yep. was a, a number two receiver at Texas Tech, I believe. Uh, A&M. Okay, A&M. And so you get a guy in Woods who was the number two receiver behind Traylon Burks at Arkansas for a couple of years, and then he goes to Oklahoma, and he's the number two receiver behind a very good sophomore uh, receiver, and it seems like the Browns just said, we like his traits. We think he can sort of evolve into something. And maybe he can 
Uh, he's a vertical guy. Uh, decent build. I mean, he's 200 pounds and, and he's not that tall. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. There's very little production. Uh, you know, he's a, he's okay at, at what he's done so far. He's just not a guy that sort of jumps out at you. Um, as far as uh, Isaiah Thomas, you know, again, they go from taking Damian Ratley over all over again to then bringing in another Joe Jackson. Uh, I'd say Thomas is, was, is the oldest player the Browns have drafted, but it's worth noting that he broke out relatively speaking as a, as a junior. Um, he led the mm-hmm. team in sacks and solo tack, uh, tackles for loss beating you know, ahead of Nick Benito uh, that year. And then had more sacks than Benito this year. And Benito went the last, like the last pick of the second round. Um, you know, there's questions about his balance, questions about his agility. I understand all that. And he may not be a, much of a pass rusher, but he's a heavy padded, uh, you know, strong hands base end type that can help you stop the run. And maybe he can be powerful enough to occasionally disrupt a passing place, which is what Joe Jackson was doing. Um, and, and this might be a cheaper form. And then uh, Dawson Deaton, I have to imagine he's going to get looked at for center and guard. He has cross-trained at tackle, I guess, as well, even though he's never played either uh, guard or tackle in terms of his his, uh, his last three years of the school. Uh, but, I mean, he's just so damn tall. I mean, you you you, you know, Nick Harris is like 6'1". This guy's 6'5". Um, so... I suspect that's what he will get a look at. It's going to be a very competitive spot uh, because the Browns obviously behind, behind Nick Harris, they have Ethan Posick. They have Hajalte Froholt, the guy they brought in from the Texas practice squad last year. Uh, they potentially got Blake Hans to look at at center if they so choose. I, I mean, I would assume this, this pick and the undrafted signing at center would suggest that that, that is over with, but um for some reason, the Browns are very interested in getting more center options. Now, it certainly makes a lot of sense for them to get somebody that can be on the practice squad because you just want to have the ability to bring up another center if something goes wrong, if there's an injury of some sort, uh, then that would make sense. Um, you know, what is the likelihood that that Dawson can Dawson Deaton can beat out uh, Posick? Difficult to say. He 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 he's basically the inverse of Posick. Uh, De- Deaton, uh, very good run blocker, uh, and and not a very good pass blocker. Whichever one Posick isn't. Uh, so it's not necessarily an inspiring pick, but I mean, if they get a guy that they like and can hang on the practice squad and he can develop, you know, Posick's only here for one year. So then they can potentially have him take over for, for that role. You know, um, I think for Woods, I think it's going to be a difficult situation as this wide receiver room is already deep. Um, Isaiah Thomas, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, would the Browns go four D tackles, five edges, which it would be miles, hopefully Jadavian, Alex Wright, uh, Chase Winovich, Isaiah Thomas, Pete and I, you know, gave a little snippet to it to it last night. We, you know, if you were playing tomorrow or maybe even week one in September, 
there's maybe a path where Isaiah Thomas is ready, you know, to give you more than maybe Alex Wright is. It's not a knock on Alex Wright. There's going to be some developmental, uh, you know, it's going to be a developmental arc that you're hoping, you know, Alex Wright is going to reach, even, you know, if everyone's excited about him. And, you know, I am personally. Um, but there is a path where Isaiah Thomas may be more ready to go, essentially, today. The Dawson Deaton pick, I mean, for me, it was a little surprising. Um, you know, I didn't think they'd go. But at this point, it, it's kind of, well, what do you like? And if, you know, Bill Callahan and the, you know, guys involved in the offensive line and you guys who did the work as far as scouting offensive linemen, you yeah. kind of gave him an opportunity here. Well, there's somebody on the board you guys really like because um, we're to the point now where, you know, we're, we're, we're taking players that, you know, you guys are suggesting um, because we understand that there might not be a path for these guys to essentially make the team, be a part of the team. Um, it's kind of what day three is about if you're a good team. And, you know, I mentioned this earlier today, and, you know, it's a lot different the way this uh, Cleveland Browns roster is constructed these days, as opposed to, you know, years in the past where, you know, final cutdowns on Labor Day weekend, you know, Browns were looking for maybe two starters, a swing tackle, and, you know, it's not the way this roster is constructed anymore. That's a good thing. Of course, it only needs to pan out on the field. Everybody knows that. Um, Pete, final one here, Pete. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I don't know if he's been able to beat the system for years. I don't know if this is something new. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins. And the other thing, Pete, which is a little where I'm confused here. I don't know if this was a long, ongoing thing. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Apparently, three of them um what's the deal here deandre hopkins trying to recover from injury deandre hopkins maybe getting to that odd age of his career where maybe looking for a little competitive edge and the other thing is is what are you putting shit in your body for in april for well look the thing with deandre hopkins he's not an elite athlete um that's never been his game and it may be a situation where he could be recovering from injury, but it also may be a situation where he and for to lose anything at this point. Um, who knows? But when you look at that situation, your immediate reaction, at least my immediate reaction was Arizona's done. Um, you know, he was just, and it's not just because he's a good player, but it's also because, I watched what Kyler Murray looked like when he's not in the game and he just looked, he looked like he just didn't know where to go with the ball. Um, certainly suggests that the Cardinals knew this was coming uh, based on the acquisition of Marquise Brown and what they're willing to give up for it. Um, and losing Christian and losing Christian Kirk and losing Christian Kirk. Uh, you know, you, you can't help but wonder what happens if, this news came out a few days prior to the draft uh, in terms of what, uh, you know, that might've impacted in terms of uh, you know, leverage and, and things like that. But um, sure. You know, that's a big, big loss. Uh, I, you know, who knows? I, I, I can't say I'm uh, familiar enough with how the chemistry of that stuff works. If like somehow, some way he missed the masking agent or, you know, whatever it is, uh, then. But here's the one that, Pete, this is the one that blows my mind. A low-grade beaver tranquilizer. How the hell is something that is considered a tranquilizer going to help? I mean, that is where this is also confusing, and it certainly sounds like some whole type of things to be able to get around the testing, but I don't understand in any way how 
a tranquilizer for a beaver is going to enhance your performance, but whatever, I guess. Well, we did go through the deer antler spray fiasco. Uh, so I, I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it, it's weird to me. Uh, I'll get, like I said, it, it's strange to me that uh, you do this given where his contract is. It's not like he's going into the last year of his deal. Um, and it's not as if he's trying to negotiate a new one. Um, and the Cardinals would have to eat a whole lot of money uh, if they were to move him. So, you know, I'm curious to see if we're going to find out some, find out that there's some really negative fallout in terms of the money he's owed. Uh, but it's possible that he was just that competitive and 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 was de- that desperate to win. It's also possible that, you know, that there were people who knew what he was doing and sort of like, yeah, don't just don't get caught. Um, but yeah, it, it chan- look the NFC the NFC is a bad conference. There are a lot of terrible teams over there, um, so you can't rule out Arizona. But man, that's that's it's a tough spot for them. He just such a, 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 a hugely important player, and obviously it's not the season. It's six games. Um, he will presumably be back for the other eleven, so it's not the end of the world. But you know, th- this is the type of gut punch you get in May, which just sort of dampers your opinion of what things are going to happen. What what's going to happen um, if if Marquise Brown is really uh, related to this as we assume he is uh, clearly Arizona is trying to be proactive to sort of stem that and say that this is what we're doing to sort of get through it. Um, and you can get by and win, you know, win half of those games or whatever. And then suddenly you're in a situation where you've got Marquise Brown, who I think will be way, 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 way better there uh, than he was with the Ravens. I think he's an actually a really nice receiver. <laughs> that stuck in a was stuck in a weird fit as far as the quarterback and the offense. But if they get to that point and they have those two for 11 games, plus some of the other guys they've added, you know, Rondam war coming into his second year, uh, some of the things they've done at tight end, uh, then they, they, maybe they can rally and become a really interesting team, potentially uh, getting into the postseason As long as they don't see the, the Rams, they will <coughs> might have a better shot, <coughs> but it's, it's tough. You, you know, you, you hate to see this for your team. Um, it would be, you know, it'd be akin to miles Garrett coming out and, and like, I wouldn't say, t- you know, you know, performance enhancing, but I would say more like an injury type situation, but nevertheless um, it's a big deal. And, and that, that hurts that team quite a bit. Cardinals did not need this in any way whatsoever. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest on SI.com. Pete's been crushing it over the weekend. Make sure you're following along, reading all of the work. Appreciate everybody who makes Lockdown Browns their daily delivery day in, day out on whatever platform you listen to us at. And with that, folks, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.